Arizona's news station. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. It is Pamela Hughes and Barry Markson for you. He's in for Bruce St. James all week long, live out here at Barrett Jackson. And there's a lot of news that we are following for you right now. Top of the list, the Senate formally opens Trump's impeachment trial. Donald J. Trump has abused the powers of the presidency. Now, that's one of the House managers there, Adam Schiff, that is starting to read the articles of impeachment before the Senate as they launch the the trial into President Trump. And this is all unfolding right now, Barry, um, as there's this this new kind of cloud that is hovering over the impeachment trial, given that this guy, Les Barnes, which I don't think anybody really heard that name. It's been out there, but not many people have been following it. Um, gave some pretty bombshell interviews last night to both Rachel Maddow and Anderson Cooper. And in it, he implicated the president directly. President Trump knew exactly what was going on. Uh, he was aware of all of my movements. Uh, he, I wouldn't do anything without the consent of Rudy Giuliani or the president. I have no intent. I have no reason to speak to any of these officials. I mean, they have no reason to speak to me. Why would President Zelensky's inner circle or the minister of Akov or all these people or President Poroshenko meet with me? Who am I? Mm-hmm. They were told to meet with me. Who is Les Parnas, though? He is the close associate of Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani being the president's personal attorney. You see how there's a line now being drawn back to the president. Yeah, I mean, it, and it's, it's more than just a close associate. He was working with Rudy Giuliani on these issues. He was, some people have called him the bag man, his, right, his right-hand man. He was the one in Ukraine setting up meetings for Giuliani and actually meeting with the inner circle of President Zelensky. This guy's right in the, he's in the room, and he's now telling us everything that happened. That's exactly what it is. You've got him in the room saying exactly what has happened. And it's his perspective. It's his version right now, if you will. And this is a guy. But his version is consistent with other testimony we've heard from other people who were also in the room or on these calls and consistent with some papers, some written documents as well. So it it isn't necessarily a he said, she said that this is corroborating testimony and evidence for other evidence that's already been presented at during the House impeachment hearing. But will this evidence even make it to the Senate? Will it be that corroborated there? And you have a lot of folks out there who are trying to chip away at his credibility. And you know what? It's not really all that hard to do. This is a guy who has been indicted in the uh, in New York for a various amount of crimes. And go like, how can you trust this guy? You know what? He's already under indictment. He's trying to wheel and deal and stay out of, of prison. You know, kind of similar to the argument you heard when Michael Cohen was being indicted as well. And and frankly, that is the argument that we are hearing um, out of the White House when it comes to these interviews. Nobody on TV like that is under oath. And he obviously is uh, desperate to get attention, which you will all shower him with promptly, I'm sure. And uh, he's somebody who was arrested and indicted on some serious uh, criminal, I guess, finance, uh, campaign finance charges. And uh, you can't, you know, in a court of law, you would never be able to say what someone else knew. Yeah, but just because the guy's also been indicted doesn't mean he's lying. 
no. It doesn't mean he's telling and, the and truth, but it, yeah, I mean, it's important. To, you could be indicted and still tell the truth. It's important to note here a couple things. He's not doing this as part of uh, a plea bargain. He's not. This is not with the prosecutors, and he's reducing his sentence. He's just coming public, coming out publicly, and saying things he knows without anybody promising him anything. And in fact, he's reducing any leverage he may have to get a reduced sentence. Mm-hmm. Plus, to the extent that President Trump was going to pardon him, like like we've heard, he might pardon some other people. It ain't going to happen now. So he's removed that possibility. I mean, this this seems to be statements against his own interest for Lev Parnas. This these are not things that are helping him. He's not doing it to reduce a sentence. He's just he seems to be just be opening up about everything that happened. Why he's doing that, I don't know. And neither do I. Maybe he just didn't think he was doing anything wrong because he believed he was working at the behest of the President of the United States, so therefore how could that be wrong? Maybe that's what he's trying to show everybody right now. I don't know. But this isn't a this isn't a guy who's trying to reduce a sentence or saying what he needs to say to get better uh, treatment. He's just talking, which is amazing. And, and Yeah, and the fact that he's talking to both Rachel Maddow and Anderson Cooper so openly about this is strange, but I I do think it puts additional pressure, additional pressure on the 100 senators who are being sworn in today by Chief Justice Roberts. They will, in essence, be the jury in this trial as to whether or not the president of the United States should be removed from office. And among those senators is our very own Arizona Senator Martha McSally. Now, earlier today, she was asked about this new evidence, Barry, and I want folks to be able to listen to... Let's just describe it as a heated exchange she had with a CNN reporter. Senator McSally, should the Senate consider new evidence as part of the impeachment trial? Man, you're a liberal hack. I'm not talking to you. Wow. 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 That's Manu Raji. Manu Raji, yeah. Excuse me, Manu. He's a CNN reporter. Whether or not you think he's liberal, that's a pretty straightforward question. That's not a – that wasn't a – it was a two-second question. I, I don't think it doesn't Senator, look good. I don't think I, agree. Well, I, mean, okay, I don't well, think Senator McSally acting that way and, and making public statements like that is going to help her get elect, reelected in Arizona. Okay, but does it? Okay, because as soon as I came out of my mouth and I said it doesn't make her look good, well, is that true? I mean, is there? Well, I mean, I know the answer to this. I'm just put, speaking it out loud, Barry. But I mean, there is a faction of the uh, Arizona Republican Party where, when she says that and takes that kind of stance, are like clapping and standing up and saying, "Yeah, go get them, McSally." Like, we need more people like you. Th- there is that faction that does exist, but is there enough of it that will propel her to permanently have that seat? In the Senate, yeah, I, not I, permanently, but get reelect, get elected. I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you're right. There's absolutely people on the right who who think everybody in the media is liberal and is the enemy, and, and anytime you bash the media, that's a great thing. Uh, but I think what we saw in the last election when McSally lost to Senator Cinema. Um, that didn't play. There were Republicans who who moved over. Republicans who voted for Doug Ducey for governor and then didn't vote for McSally yeah, we'll take it, yeah. uh, in, for the Senate. And I think she's in a look. She's in a tough spot. Let, let's just face oh, it. Oh, absolutely. It, it's, it's impossible. She, she there's nothing she can do here that's going to be good. If she supports President Trump 100 percent and does what what most Republicans are going to do, she's going to be ripped for it. And if she doesn't, if she does, if she says yes, we should have witnesses. Yes, we should hear everything and then make a decision. She's going to be excru- excoriated by the right. So she's in an impossible. position. Okay, so I want to play that audio for you one more time. Again, what you're listening to right here is Arizona Senator Martha McSally. This morning. Who was asked about this new evidence that, you know, you've been hearing about on KTAR. Uh, and, and so listen listen to this exchange she had with uh, with Manu Raju. 
Senator McSally, should the Senate consider new evidence as part of the impeachment trial? Man, you're a liberal hack. I'm not talking to you. Okay, so initially I'm like, that doesn't make her look good, but I'm, I'm literally processing this because it's the first time I've heard that live on the air with you folks listening. Are we hearing more of a strategy here, Barry? Is that the strategy? You said she's she really is in a tough position. So has she decided that if I behave this way or if I take this kind of approach, this is the strategy yeah. that I need to take in order to win Arizona's seat? It, it could be. And, and she look, she fastened herself to President Trump when she ran in 2018, and she lost. So she lost in Arizona where we hadn't had a, a Democratic senator since 1980. I, I'm not a I'm not a political expert. I'm not a political consultant, but I, I have to take that into account. She's literally gone through this a year ago. She acted a certain way. She decided I'm going to fa- I'm going to connect myself to the president. I'm going to ride his coattails all the way to election, and she didn't get elected. And again, it's a it's a very difficult spot. If you're, she's sure. trying, she's trying to get reelected now, I don't know what the right answer is. But I will tell you, I don't think insulting. Um, reporters who are there doing their job and asking what is a very reasonable question. I don't think that is going to, uh, it's, it's not going to help her in the, in the general election. Okay. And she doesn't have a primary. She's not really worried about the primary. Well, Senator Martha McSally lost the last general election to Arizona Senator Kirsten Cinema. So let, let's let's look a little bit about what uh, Senator Cinema is saying in regards to her having to be a jury in the Senate trial that is about to get underway next week. She says this: Today, my Senate colleagues and I will swear to do impartial justice according to the Constitution and laws. The Senate has a job to do that that demands our serious, careful consideration of the facts, free from partisanship or political sound bites. Arizonans deserve no less. I will treat this process with the gravity and partiality that our oaths demand. It will not comment on the proceedings or facts until the trial concludes. Okay. Well, and, that, and that's very like reasonable, it. but let's let's also face it. Senator Cinema is going to be in a very difficult position as well because she's she's trying to. I mean, I I like how she tries to work with both sides yeah. and, and get things accomplished, but she's in a very difficult position as well. Is she going to vote to remove the president uh, when that is not going to play well with many of her constituents here in Arizona, uh, some of whom voted for? Her? I mean, so there's there's going to be uh, she has she has a lot to deal with as well. She did look, what she did here is very smart. It's a very simple, reasonable statement. This is what most senators are going to say right now. But at some point, she's going to have to vote. At some point, she's going to have to go on the record, and we'll see how, how the state responds to that. Yeah, and I'm okay with you waiting to to see whatever evidence right. and facts and hear testimony if, if the Senate decides to go that, that route um, before making comments on it. I think that that benefits her. I think that that benefits us here in Arizona. And, and by the way, Martha McSally is a senator. She doesn't have to respond to every reporter Correct. as you're walking by. This is in the hallway. She's walking from her office to somewhere else. She can just keep walking or say, good morning, Manu, and good to see you, and, and keep going, and then we're not even seeing this clip, and but, we're not talking about it. <laughs> but that's why I had to back up a second here, Barry, after I said, this doesn't make her look good. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, no, th- th- there might be a strategy here, and uh, this may, and if it is, then expect to see more of this out of Martha well, McSally. She, I think it'll be an interesting strategy she to watch. She certainly may see a positive tweet from the president here in the next uh, few hours. We'll see how that plays out. All right. Well, hey, we are out here at Barra Jackson. By we, I mean Barry Markson, who is in for Bruce St. James all week long. And coming up next here, uh, can you sue? Can you sue the person your spouse cheated on you with? Hmm. And for a lot of money. about that for a second? We'll answer that question. 
St. James and Pamela Hughes. Pamela Hughes, Barry Markson out here at Barrett Jackson. Uh, fabulous car auctions going on. They've got more cars out here auctioning them off this year than Barrett Jackson has ever had in history. So awesome time to come down. It's a little cool out here. It's not blazing hot. And uh, yeah, it's Arizona weather, right? You can't really <laughs> complain about that. Um, but one of the reasons why you may be glad you live in Arizona and not places not. like North Carolina <laughs> is because of this. You got a couple of stories out there, Barry, where, you know what? A marriage didn't go so well, right? It ended up in divorce. How many people listening right now can relate to that, right? And instead of just going through the the typical divorce proceedings of dividing assets and, you know, you've got custody of children and alimony and all of these different things. In North Carolina, we've got a couple of cases of guys who have gone after, not their ex-wife, but the guy she cheated with. Yeah. On the ex-husband. Yeah. I mean, so, like, the, 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 you know, the, the, the spouse is a fair. Yeah, this is, hey, look, adultery happens. It happens more often than we think and probably more often than we'd like to believe it does. But in about seven states in the United States, you can still sue the person who cheated with your spouse. So if you're a, a, a husband and your wife is sleeping with another guy, you, you, can, the guy. you can sue the other guy. And, and win. Yeah. And, they, and it, win. it's based on laws that were passed in the, in the 1880s. Uh, and one of them is called uh, alienation of affection. Another one is called criminal conversation. And criminal conversation is because back then they didn't want to say sex or adultery. So they called it criminal conversation. And if and it's not all that hard, you know. You can prove it by just proving that your wife is having an affair on you, is committing adultery. And if you do, at least in North Carolina, the judges seem to award a lot of money. One just happened a month or two ago. A judge awarded the husband, the ex-husband, seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars against the man who was sleeping with his wife. Um, and it was the, the the other man was a teacher and had met her at the school and they started to you know have an affair and the husband found out about it he, he tried to talk his wife into coming back and 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 talk to the guy and said you got to stop doing this that's my wife and he sued her uh, sued him and won and now there's a judgment against this guy for seven hundred fifty thousand dollars just as if you have for any other reason you'd have a judgment it's very I legitimate. see your seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar yes. judgment yes and I raise you eight point eight million dollars. There's another yep. guy in North, in Carolina. North Carolina, same <laughs> state here, um, that a, a judge ordered, you know, the, 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 the guy the wife was having an affair with to pay the husband $8.8 million for wrecking of the marriage. Yeah, and they, the, the husband in that one said, well, what's a, what's a marriage worth? What's your life worth? And the judge said $2.2 million in compensatory damages, $6.6 million in punitive damages. Uh, the, the, I mean, that's a little crazy, frankly, but, but okay. But at the end of the day, you can appeal it. You can go up to the appellate court, but that's the law in North Carolina. If you have an affair, if you sleep with a married woman or man uh, in North Carolina, you run the risk of being sued and having this judgment out there uh, against you. And I got to tell you, Pamela, if the judgment holds, that'll sit there forever. They'll attach that to your house. They'll attach it to any property. If you ever win the lottery, they're going to get it from that. You know, you can say, well, I don't know. win the lottery. Don't it, it, well, you know, don't win the lottery yeah. now because. Uh... <laughs> but, but it'll just sit there forever, just as if someone sued you for any other reason and won. So it, it's it's kind of crazy. You, you wonder why North Carolina hasn't changed and other states haven't changed these laws uh, because they're obviously outdated. Most states don't have this anymore. But it's an active law. In North Carolina, suits like this, they file them about 20 times a year. Do you know how many people uh, are probably listening right now, Barry, going, 
I wish we had that in Arizona. Yeah. I wish. Oh, yeah. You know, because the argument that, that's genuinely being made is we had a happy marriage. We had a good marriage until this guy yeah. came along. And, of course, that's not normally the case, right? If, if people who are... We're both married. Yeah. We know that that's nor- not normally right. the case. There's usually something going wrong in the marriage that opened itself up right. to, you know, an affair. Yeah, oh, there's, I think that's generally how those things happen. Uh, and it's, look, you're going to blame the guy. I got to tell you, if my wife cheated on a guy and this was available, I can't tell you I wouldn't do it. That's going to make his life a living hell. <laughs> exactly. I mean, let's, let's, just, okay, let's so destroy him. I'll do that in a you, second, right? You let's say go. that. All right. So so the <laughs> idea of, like, going after, you know, the person who your spouse cheated on you with for, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, that's one story. But we also got a guy out in Iowa oh, yeah. who uh, none too happy with not only his ex-wife, but his ex-wife's attorney. You know, they're fighting over custody, so on so forth, that this guy has actually gone to the judge and asked the judge in writing in writing <laughs> to allow them, them being like him and his ex-wife and the attorney, to like a duel. Trial like, by combat. Trial by combat. He wants to break out the samurai swords yep. and take it to her and the attorney because they, they have destroyed him legally. He wants to render their souls. And I'm not joking. That's <laughs> that's literally what is in Render their the souls claim. from their corporal bodies. That's what he wants well, to do. Well, thank you for filling in those details. He's, yeah. Uh, yeah, but he filed this in a motion with the court. I think he was trying to be a little humorous in a, in a situation which has obviously been very troubling. I think he's to him. off his rocker. Of course, the other lawyer for the wife, he corrected his spell, the, the guy's spelling, and then said, "I think he should have his uh, parental rights taken away." Yeah, I think that all the way uh, the ex-wife had to do was like, "How, how about let's have a trial by IQ?" Yeah, yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna win that one. <laughs> that might do. Um, all right, so coming up next here, you know, a lot of our kids play play sports, right? And high school sports, it is such a critical part of that high school experience. So why is there an officiating? shortage at Arizona high schools. Diving into that next here on KTAR. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. Uh, yeah, this weekend my daughter has a soccer tournament down in Tucson. No, you can't come. And please, uh, please I know, I, I know, I know. Like everybody wants to go, uh, but I mean, like it, it is the season, right? Uh, club sports, a lot of tournaments out there. You've got, you know, high school soccer that that's in full force. You got basketball. You got all the different things going on. Um, but with so many kids involved in athletics, which is great, which is fantastic. You know, you get that team building, you get that physical exercise, you get all of those things that, you know, parents want their kids to do and have those kinds of experiences. But a lot of times, Barry, it is the behavior of the parents. It's the behavior of the fans and even of the uh, athletes that is causing a problem here, not just in Arizona, but around the country. And I'm talking about the, the lack of officials, refs, you know, available to to take care of these games, to officiate these games, because fewer and fewer people want to do it, given how the the environment of sports is, has changed. Yeah, it, it's, it just has become so competitive and, and so heated, and parents and spectators get crazy. Uh, it, it's it, I mean, I understand why people wouldn't want to do it, and a lot of these youth sports... Uh, you know, some of the officiating umpires in baseball in Little League, for example, would be the kids. It'd be the older yeah. kids would come in and they'd do it. But parents will yell at the kids yes. as, as if they're adults, as if they're oh. being paid. Uh, it's incredible. I mean, Pamela, I used to be the president of a, a youth baseball league here in, in Arizona, in the Valley, uh, really one of the biggest ones in Arizona. And 
we had, it wasn't often, but we would absolutely have issues where parents or adults were yelling at our, re- re- our umpires or threatening them, uh, where we had to have police come out sometimes. This it's is crazy for, this is nine years old. It's crazy. People, kids playing nine-year-old mm-hmm. baseball, it doesn't matter at all. I've seen it in nine-year-old soccer. And and mm-hmm. we, so we had a, we had a zero tolerance policy. Uh, fans, parents, you were not allowed to talk to the umpires. Coach could, manager could go over and talk to the umpire in a respectful way. But none of that was going to happen. And we, you know, we instituted rules that if you told the coach, if you're, if your parent uh, is arguing with the umpire, we're going to, there's a chance you're going to just lose the game right there on the spot. We're just not going to have it. But what you're talking about, Barry, again, that's Barry Marks and he's in all week for Bruce St. James's Bruce is on vacation. Um, you know, when, when you talk about that, what you're talking about is culture, right? The right. culture of the league, the culture of the team. I, I know for like my daughter's soccer team, um, our coach is, is pretty clear on, you know, I expect good behavior from the parents on the sidelines. And if there isn't, there will be consequences because we're better than that. But it is a real problem. It's a real problem around the country and specifically here in Arizona. Uh, Brian Gessner is the AIA commissioner of officials, right? right? High school. And he, exactly. He joined Kevin McCabe on his show over there on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. And he had this to say about this growing problem. Last year, the AIA scheduled over 50,000 contests around the state. That affected over 120,000 officials. <laughs> so the numbers are astronomical. The biggest challenge we have with officials today, and you're right, we're getting older. Young kids don't want to be subject to the abuse that they see night in and night out, and that cha- and, and the chances of them participating in some of that abuse. Um, ejections are up. Behavior is horrible, and the AIA is aggressively addressing that with some new programs. Uh, we want to be the model to follow in the country as far as sportsmanship because we recognize if we can improve sportsmanship, we can recruit officials. Yeah, I mean, that, that's absolutely true, but it's also so sad, you know, um, at the high school level, having a hard time getting officials for those games. So those games are having to be rescheduled. It's something that we're seeing at that high school level. And I mean, that throws a monkey wrench into so many different aspects. You can't get, you can't get a a ref for something. And so the teams have to reschedule for Thursday. I mean, that's changing up all these different schedules, but the idea of it, taking that out of the high school level, if you take it to, you know, a club or a rec level, for instance, you know, Adults yelling at children because they don't like the call. Where are the adults in the room? And I say that because right. I've seen it. Yeah. I've seen it when my daughter played rec soccer and my husband was the coach. And I want to say Riley was probably six or seven. My husband, Chris, was on the sideline and um, behind him was a coach yelling at another ref on a different team. And... Chris turned around and was like, hey, 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 cal- you know, calm down. Right. Like, the girl's probably like 13. Yeah. And it was a grown man yelling at a 13-year-old yeah. girl. And my husband was just like, no, this is not okay. And I think that that's what it takes. I think it takes other parents on yeah. the team. It takes others within the community to look at other adults and say, like, hey, listen, your kid's not going pro. Like, slow your roll. Right. And frankly, most people who are getting that upset and yelling at a 13-year-old who's acting as the ref would never yell at a 13-year-old. No. Norm, but they get so caught up in the game. So you're right. It takes other adults to step up and say, hey, hey, we don't do that. And it's what you said earlier, Pamela, it, it's the culture. And like yes. I said, we did that in my league. We created a zero tolerance for this. And we told the coaches, if your parents on your team are doing this, you lose. And you'd be amazed how that works because the coach goes to the parents at the beginning of the season and says, we can't have this. If you do this, it's going to hurt the kids. The kids can't play the game. We're going to lose the game. People just stop. Yeah, but and you they know, police but, each other. But not all leagues 
have that kind of culture. But they and should. You, they should. But you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. When your league or your team has that culture and you go up against another team that doesn't, and you see the way that the fans and the parents and the coaches, the way they act, the way they behave, and there's no accountability for it, it is quite frustrating. Yeah. And that behavior and that level of frustration is, in essence, hurting our kids. So in Arizona, you know, the problem with getting just, you know, refs out there suspend, to officiate sus- these games. You just got to suspend parents. If, if someone's acting bad, you got to suspend them so you you're, can't come to games for another week. You have to show people that there's the repercussions for bad acts. Yeah, you know what? And and, and I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. All right. So um, we're about ready to wrap things up here. And if you thought that pineapple on pizza was bad, yeah, you may have to have your faith in humanity restored after oh, I tell you no. this latest topping that's turning heads. It's coming up next. Barry Markson and for Bruce St. James, Pamela Hughes for you live out here at Barrett Jackson. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. Yeah, Pamela Hughes, Barry Markson in for Bruce St. James all week long as Bruce is on vacation. We are live out here at Barrett Jackson, and we've tackled the top topics for you today. You know, the hard-hitting news stories that have just been percolating over the last 24 hours, whether it be, you know, uh, the, the bombshell interviews of Lev Parnas talking about the president and implicating him in the Ukrainian scandal with Joe Biden, whether it be the Articles going to the Senate, whether it be Martha McSally's reaction to it with Manu Raju calling him a liberal hack, whatever it may be, we've been covering the big stories for you. Now I think we've got to cover the biggest of them all. And for that, Barry, I'm talking about pizza. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nothing more important. And I'm talking about pizza toppings. <laughs> no. Okay, like the, we're getting down to the important stuff. Yes. Here. And uh, I got to ask you. Yep. Do you eat pineapple on pizza? No. No? Only in an emergency situation. What? Where there's no other pizza available. Are you like, okay, so you're not an absolutist in this. Like, you will eat it, but you just try not to? I, I won't ever order it, and I'll never eat it if there's another option. But if it's sitting there and there's nothing else, and that's what we're eating, then... Yeah, but Ham and pineapple, I will eat it any day. You'll have that any day? I'll have that any oh, day. no. But move over, pineapple. No. Because I know there are those pizza purists out there that don't want pineapple on their no. pizza. They think it's putrid. Yes. Yeah, I don't know how much alliteration I'll, I can do here. Um, but pizza. Yeah, well, let, let's move over pineapple. And what about slicing up a little kiwi? That's yeah, a little kiwi pizza up there. What do they call it green. here? The ki- kiwiza? Kiwiza, like kiwi pizza? So it can't, it can't just be awful. Now we have to give it a stupid name, too? I mean, come on. That's everything. Every relationship <laughs> has names. I mean, oh. what's going on with the royal family is called, you know, it's, Mexit, you know, Megan. Yeah, the Megan Italian, Markle Exit. The Italians are so unhappy right now. Kiwi pizza. Okay, I, would you try it? I'd try it. i totally try it. Would you try it? No. No? Not going to do it. Oh, it is the standard, you know, you got the, the the sauce and then the cheese. But this viral video that has been uploaded uh, from a Danish pizzeria out there, people are just going bananas over um, this one. These comments, I'll tell you, they're just hysterical. Scandinavian food is the best argument for the existence of, the existence of Satan I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Man. Totally. How is it Scandinavian food to put kiwi on pizza? A new evil has dethroned pie. <laughs> Pineapple, and its name is Kiwi. Can you put the Kiwi with the pineapple? Does that work? 
I'd try that too. That's I don't know what it is. You know, I don't think that this would necessarily be a combo I would look for. But if it was there, like if they delivered this to the station and said, "Hey, you want to try it?" I'd grab it. So a slice. what do they what do they put with the kiwi? I mean, the, it's the, just kiwi. The, like imagine like pepperoni. Yeah. It's cut like that. No, no, but so, but like the pineapple goes with the ham. So you have the salty and the sweet and the tart. I mean, at least I understand the concept. Do they put they, ham on it? What do they know. put with the kiwi with yeah, that? Yeah, these are the questions that we are answering <laughs> for you not today. Good. Yeah, you know, you got to lighten it up every once in a while. Oh, that's, news, this news made me sad. Today. Now I'm just sad. Now you're sad? Yes. I'm hungry. Oh. That doesn't make me sad. I'm hungry. But kiwi pizza. Yeah, if that upsets you, just like it does. I mean, the people that get so upset about pineapple pizza, I'll tell you, I don't understand you folks. But it made... <laughs> You may think that that means we are going to heck in a handbasket. And so that means it's my time to try to restore there we go. your faith in humanity. And for this this uh, faith in humanity, Barry, we're going to take you out to Nebraska. And we got a guy who is you know, kind of walking through the woods and nature. And he's just out minding his own business, taking a bunch of pictures, and, or trying to rather, of eagles and of birds. And all of a sudden, he hears this car come down one of these roads and it's crossing the railroad tracks hits a fire hydrant and then lands upside down in an icy pond guy says you know it just came out of nowhere they didn't even touch the ground they already went airborne and hit that icy cold water and then he started hearing hearing some guys scream for help he jumped into action he heard somebody going, get me out of here. The car is filling up with water. He pulled open the door. The water started going in, but it did allow the guys to come out. He managed to pull three men out of this car that was sinking into an icy, icy pond. And in essence, saved their lives. And you've got folks out there and saying, you know what, this guy was put in the right place at the right time for the right reason. And it's got others out there asking, you know, what would you do in that situation? You just don't know. You hope you do the right thing, but your body just takes over. And in this situation, he was able to potentially save the lives of three guys as that car started to like be submerged underneath the water. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, you know what? You know what? Uh, Just don't give him any kiwi pizza now as a reward. That's the be nice I, to the man. Give him some regular he might pizza. Want it. He might. Don't be a hater. He might <laughs> want it. Uh, yeah, that's Barry Markson and all week for Bruce St. James, who is vacationing. Appreciate you help you appreciate you helping me out here this week, there, man. Uh, back at the station, we've got Tommy, Tommy, why you bugging? And super producer Stevie Z. It takes a village. Ed Cole out here with us today as we are live out at Barrett Jackson. Thank you guys for all your hard work. And I'm not going to forget Bob McClay. Bob McClay is sticking around.